Welcome to the Crown City Podcast. I'm your host, James DiPietro. This is a show that explores the people and places that make our neighborhoods our home. On this episode, I have a very special guest. Victor Ving is one half of the creative team that is Greetings Tour, a public art group that specializes in vintage postcard style, large letter murals. With his wife, Lisa, Victor designs and paints these dynamic and interactive pieces that also highlight important places of interest in the community. In this way, they are both beautiful art and neighborhood guides. Victor hails from Queens, where city graffiti serves as not only markers, but also forms of expression. His interest in graffiti would land him in some trouble as a teenager, but would serve as the foundation for a life in the arts. After graduating from college and working in the corporate world, he would open a graffiti-focused art gallery and then several creative agencies to connect artists with projects. In 2015, Victor and Lisa left New York in an RV and embarked on an incredible adventure that would include painting more than 53 murals in 25 states. They got engaged in Alaska, married in Santa Barbara, and when they decided to park the RV, they made Pasadena their home. Locally, you can see their work outside Altadena Hardware, where they have painted a vintage-style travel piece of the Mount Lowe Railway. In addition, they painted murals outside of Highlight Coffee on Lincoln. This is a really fun conversation with an artist that has turned his passion into a way to support communities across the country and elevated public art in the process. So without further delay, my conversation with Victor Vang. Victor, welcome to the show. Hey, greetings. So you and Lisa have been on an incredible journey with Greetings Tour, but I wanted to open the conversation with where it all started. You are a first-generation New Yorker raised in Queens, so I wanted to see if you could share a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah, sure. You know, my, my parents are, are Chinese. I, I was born and raised in New York and, you know, grew up in Queens, so in an area called Bayside, uh, which is a bit more suburban. You know, I, I, to get to the city, it would probably take me about an hour and a half by public transport to get to the city. So, you know, when, when, when it, sometimes when I say New York City, the environment I was in was still pretty much suburban in Queens. But uh, I would kind of go with my parents on these weekly grocery shopping trips to places like Chinatown all the time because I was at the time growing up some of the only places to get certain type of uh, Chinese grocery items. So, <laughs> uh, and then soon it turned into Flushing, which is within Queens. As I grew up, I, I just, I loved, you know, traveling to what I call the city, which is like Manhattan. I just loved doing that and, and riding like the seven train from Queens into the city, you know, just being exposed to all kinds of different cultures and ethnicities. Um, I, I think, I don't know the exact fact, but if you look it up, I think, Queens is actually the most ethnically diverse like urban area in the world. I don't have the exact statistics, but I'm sure you can Google. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was kind of where I was born and raised. Graffiti has been a big part of your life for a long time. You started when you were a teenager and actually tagging ended you up in jail when you were 16. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, not, not, not 
real jail. You know, I, I ended up going through the system, you know, getting arrested and, and, you know, but I didn't spend actual time <laughs> in jail. Went through central bookings, you know, and uh, you would think I learned my lesson, but I, I you know, I guess uh, being persistent <laughs> at something has its pros and cons. So happened a couple of times and, you know, here I am today, but <laughs> it, it seems like it's worked out. Okay. Yeah. So why were you drawn to graffiti art and did you have any particular influences that were especially important to how you kind of saw the world and your particular style? Yeah. I mean, so kind of like going back, I, I'd say the thing that really drew me to graffiti. And, and when I say graffiti, it's, it's like, uh, like tags are just tagging at the time because it may have been an element of being a kid in New York City because, I mean, I'm sure it was big here in L.A. too, but in the culture, when I was in elementary school, like kids had tags. It was like a joke, you know, we'd write on each other's book bags and whatnot. But then as I got older, like I just started recognizing these same tags appear, like in my neighborhood in Bayside, which is like pretty far from the city. And I'd go on, like I said, I'd go on these like uh, weekly grocery trips to Chinatown and my parents would park on their bridge and I'd recognize like the same name. And it just like blew my mind being a little kid. Like, how did this person get from here to here? And so it was like a big mystery to it, which really fascinated me. I, I, you know, being my neighborhood growing up, there was like, I didn't know anybody that did it. You know, so it was just kind of me taking in and, you know, absorbing all these different tags and trying to read things. And, and then I guess... Eventually, when I started doing it myself, I think it also tied into my own goal of like traveling to places that are pretty far out into neighborhoods that are really obscure instead of the ones that everyone goes to, like downtown or whatever, to kind of create this mystery element myself, you know, which I guess later on, uh, I think about it tied into on a national scale doing this greetings tour thing, but on on the (laughs) legal side of things, I guess. Well, graffiti is a, and graffiti art or tagging, how you ever want to call it, is really interesting. Like you said, you were exposed to it being in New York. Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles. Every overpass seemed to have some kind of freeway on-ramp or off-ramp had some kind of graffiti. And it's really kind of interesting because I have some cousins that are a little bit younger than I am in Europe that were into graffiti art in Italy and were, were tagging in Italy. So I mean, it's local in terms of like, in Queens, it's local to LA, but small towns in Italy were also doing it in, in the 80s and 90s, which is kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like a worldwide phenomenon, right? <laughs> so, and, and, you know, I mean, I could go really deep into that, but that might be a whole other topic on its own. But it definitely brought me to places I would have not gone to or had any reason to go, but, you know, which eventually came, you know, went from neighborhoods to cities and then eventually like countries, you know, so... Well, you're you're the son of immigrants. You know, what did your parents think of you going into this kind of career of graffiti art and tagging? <laughs> so obviously, you know, it was all fun and games when I when I had like, you know, posters and magazines in the room. And then as soon as I got in trouble when I was 16, <laughs> things definitely changed and they, they were not, you know, not very supportive and, and very disappointed in me, I guess, when I got in trouble doing it. Um, I, I still remember as a kid, you know, parents would do laundry and then find little like spray cans, uh, the nozzles in my pocket. And those are not fun conversations to have each time. <laughs> so instead of like kids with drugs, I, I would be caught with little <laughs> 
spray can tips. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, all the same time, like I still managed to, to get good grades in, in school and, and, and it's almost the opposite, right? A lot of my friends growing up in like high school times were into partying and I, I was just more so like focused on in graffiti, you know, any spare time I had. So. Like you mentioned, you did get good grades. You went on to get a degree in business management and worked in the corporate world before founding several galleries and creative agencies that specialize in graffiti, street art, and large-scale murals, uh, such as Graffiti USA, Mural Art and Consulting, Graffiti Arts. Early on, why was it important to create these groups to showcase graffiti as an art form? So yeah, uh, that whole thing started uh, while I was working a corporate job. I was doing uh, uh, like email marketing down in the financial district, nine to five. <laughs> And, you know, all the meantime, I was still even doing graffiti on the weekends, any chance I had. But I realized, uh, you know, we had a lot of friends that were, were doing graffiti, but they also had like a fine art practice at the same time. And then I also knew a lot of people that wanted to collect art. And, you know, we started a gallery called the Clue House Gallery. Me and my partner at the time started a gallery called the Clue House Gallery in Chinatown. It was a brick and mortar space, very small, but we were trying to feature the fine art created by graffiti artists, but kind of be tried to be removed as possible from the graffiti world. I know it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but uh, more so to showcase, like, yes, these people, they also do graffiti, but, you know, that work ethic has translated into their fine art practice. But, you know, that said, people kept coming in to ask us for either graffiti art or murals. And then we realized there's no such business that exists in the U.S., at least at the time. So we created uh, this kind of graffiti agency, which was under the Clue House brand. And eventually we just like did some brand name changes over time. But essentially, those are all the same within the same world and company. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it led us to being able to work with all kinds of corporate uh, big corporate names and brands to paint like graffiti in their offices and at events. So that's a good trying to transition to a uh, greetings tour. The story that I've heard and read is that it started all in Chinatown in 2014, when you convinced a property owner next to your apartment building to paint a postcard style mural. How did you come up with the original idea and how did you go from one mural to Lisa and you packing up an RV one year later. Yeah, so there was a specific wall in my neighborhood in Chinatown. I, like I always eyed it. I always felt like a nice mural would really look good here. And, and I approached them, the business owners, many times, and they just like didn't really get it, or they just kind of brushed me off again and again. And then uh, I have a close friend of mine who. Uh, actually became a police officer in, in the Chinatown precinct. And his role was actually in community affairs. So one day I, I was just, you know, we ran into each other in the street and I was just like, hey, yeah, I've been trying to do this mural. And he was like, come on, let's go right now. I'll go talk to him. And we literally drove together in the police car, <laughs> pulled up, and then all it took was him to like chat with them. And, and then they just immediately said, yeah, go ahead, do it. You know, so... Kind of funny how that worked, right? <laughs> Going full circle, getting in trouble for graffiti, now having police help me get murals done. But um, they said yes. And then the the concept itself, I, I guess 
the, you know, it, it's known as like a large letter postcard, which was very popular in the mid-century. And I think it's a very uh, Americana image that probably unconscious to me at the time. I just like, you know, a lot of people recognize it from that era, but we thought it was a good way to do lettering, which is always important coming from my background in graffiti, like lettering has always been a big thing for me, uh, but also incorporate imagery in it. So yeah, that, that's how we came up with that concept. And at the time we weren't like thinking, oh, we should take this and, and do it everywhere, all over the country, you know, but we saw like the, you know, from doing like just my tag and name all these years and then transitioning to doing a piece that, you know, has elements and imagery from the community uh, within the letters. Like we just saw amazing feedback from the community and realized like, hey, we have something here that made me feel good to like give back to the community in this way. Um, A lot of, you know, the Chinese residents who wouldn't normally look twice at, at me if I were painting like a graffiti piece, they all stopped and they, you know, they recognize images and try to talk to me. So it felt good. So, you know, at the time also, um, uh, Lisa got laid off. Um, I wasn't really tied to, uh, uh, by this point too, I had quit my corporate job to fully focus in the mural agency world. So I wasn't necessarily like tied to New York. And we decided to try to do like a yearly tour. We both love to travel and do a yearly tour, painting these all over the country. Um, and then when it came to the RV element, it, you know, at the time, it was really the, the most economical way of doing things, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, we priced out like, hey, if we had to do Airbnbs or, or if, you know, here and there, it would be too hard. And on top of that, Lisa's family actually used to own an RV business. So she came from that world in Ohio. Yeah. And me being a city kid, I knew nothing about that. You know, I never ever in my life, <laughs> I drive or let alone live in an RV. <laughs> so we got some advice from her family, got a 24 foot class C RV and the rest was history. It took, took off for a year and, and, you know, little did we know it, it would become five, six years, you know. <laughs> Since then, you've completed 53 plus murals in more than 25 states and have traveled over 120,000 miles, uh, which is the equivalent of traveling across the United States more than 42 times. Can you talk about the process of designing and painting a mural? Yeah. Uh, also, j- just quickly on that note about the hundred. So Sounds like a lot of miles, but it's funny because when it, when I talk to a lot of my friends that that commute daily for work, they probably put on even more miles than we did <laughs> that time. Because you know, for us, it's like you know, a lot of people they go two ways, right? For us, we go one you know one city to another. We're not going like back and forth. So like we, it was our home, so we didn't really have to like go home. <laughs> We're always home. So in the bigger picture, it's, it sounds like a lot of miles, but it, it really isn't that much for, for, you know, almost six years on the road. Yeah. I think it's the quality of the miles. And so your 120,000 is quality miles compared to someone's commute back and forth <laughs> yeah. stuck in traffic somewhere. So I think, right, right, right. I think that's a fair, that's a fair comparison, but I think you, we need to, we need to quantify it a little bit. <laughs> totally. So yeah, if you can kind of talk about the, kind of the process you kind of go through. Yeah. So, you know, all, all the, the lettering we do is all original, uh, like hand-drawn letters that I actually converted into fonts just to make my life easier. Um, 
you know, I try to also like, as the years go on, just create like a, you know, new sets of fonts. It's pretty tough because you have to create letters that are like big enough to be a canvas for imagery to, to live inside of it. So I can't, you know, but then the, as far as process goes, it's, you know, you find the wall and then you got to scale the, the lettering to the wall as the first step. I mean, we've done it so many times now that we just have a very streamlined process of how we do things. But then, you know, once the lettering set, then we kind of figure out what images to place inside the lettering, which is a, you know, that's a whole process in itself. There's many ways of doing, of scaling the work up. I mean, there's, you know, the traditional method also like gridding, you know, you, you put a grid over your sketch and then do the same, you know, scale up on the wall. There's, uh, you know, nowadays you can easily just project your sketch on the wall, <laughs> take advantage of technology, right? <laughs> a lot of people, you know, it's funny the people that kind of hate on the using projectors and things, but I'm, you know, my response is like, what, are you going to make your own paintbrush you know, from scratch? You, gotta, you know, you got to take advantage of technology and then, you know, use your time another, to push it in other ways, you know? So to be quite honest, the small murals sometimes actually take longer than the large murals because of how... And I, I use all spray paint in my art, which surprises a lot of people, but to go really small with spray paint, sometimes it's actually much tougher and quite honestly, it might not even make sense, <laughs> but, uh, we are sponsored by, by a spray paint company, um, coming, I guess, from my graffiti roots. And, and I think that's also what makes our work very unique in the fact that we could also paint on all kinds of, you know, textured surfaces with no issue. But sorry, going back to the way we do it is is the way that traditional sign painters do, which is like a pounce. It's kind of hard to explain without a visual, <laughs> but basically we kind of scale out the piece on like rolls of paper and then use this little like electric tool that I don't even think they make anymore, but it sends like little currents to the paper and it makes tiny holes. And then we like put the paper on the wall and just hit it with chalk and, and the chalk goes through these tiny holes really confusing when I say it. There's some videos on our site that that can better explain it. Well, that's really cool because it seems like it's a melding of kind of like your traditional, like you said, sign painting and kind of the new technology that you kind of bring to it with with spray painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, there's not too many people we know of. There's a couple of people maybe that that do a mix of pouncing with spray, but usually people doing the pounds are using brush, you know. Just to kind of start from the very beginning, you know, how do you find a location or do the locations find you? Um, there's, there's, it, it's a mix, right? So when we originally started, um, you know, we had this grand idea that, oh, we would remotely reach out to these cities and then plan walls in advance and then plan our route this way. But, you know, quickly realized it, it was definitely not as easy as it sounded. <laughs> so, you know, in the beginning, we would literally just, you know, scout, walls and knock on doors and and you know because we were that first year we were doing this it was all out of pocket you know we we were just doing this as a project to leave something behind when we traveled and not not just travel for the sake of traveling um so there was a lot of that and you know our, our first i guess real mural on the road was in chicago that one we we connected with a local artist who connected us with the gallery the gallery owner found the wall for us in his neighborhood but just from doing that mural, we it just opened up so many doors for us because people, like immediately after we were done, it was just like nonstop people going there, 
getting photos in front of it and, and uh, like I think Time Out in Chicago did a, a thing about, you know, places to go on the weekend and it just, you know, people started reaching out to us and it, it's a fair mix, you know, so, so like we, we would get commissioned for some projects. So like point A to point B and in between these commission projects, we try to source out our own cities we really want to paint in. But yeah, that, that's kind of the general process of how there's no <laughs> easy answer for that. However, we need to do it. It's kind of interesting because it seems like some of them are like a labor of love. And then some of them, like you said, are, are commissioned pieces. So you just did a, um, a piece in Eagle Pass, Texas, which was, I guess, commissioned by the Union Pacific Railroad. Is that right? Yeah. So the Union Pacific, they, they gave a grant to the city uh, for a public art project to create kind of like a destination. And the city reached out to us. And then, well, in fact, we've been in touch with this city for almost for years and, and when they heard, got caught wind of this grant, they were able to apply, get the grant, and then brought us out there. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as like uh, people that commission us go, it, it you know it really varies. It, it ranges from you know cities to like hotels to brands and just property owners. And I think anyone who has or, or sees the benefit of tourism and public art, they could see the value in what we do. I mean, we also applied a lot of like RFPs for public art, but. To be quite honest, we, we've only gotten a few of those, and that may be an area we need, you know, some help on. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think for us too, it's difficult because we're we're always competing with, you know, people that may be local, and, and you know, at the time we were kind of local to everywhere, right? <laughs> so it's hard for us to stay in one place for too long. So. You talked about it a little bit that inside the letters is is a mural on itself. Among the many cool things about your murals is that are the scenes. Uh, the important places or objects from the community that you include inside the letters. How do you determine what to include in these designs, like landmarks, culture, nature, history, et cetera? The way we do it, we, we consult with the local residents and business owners since they know their city best. And sometimes when we work with cities, they have their own arts or public arts council that we would basically like gather our ideas of what we think works and then let them give us a list of, of what they think would be best. Sometimes also it becomes an issue because it may be like too many chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, you know, we've had processes that have dragged on for like over two years, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I keep telling people, it's like, you know, this is art too, you know, it's, it's subjective, you know, you can't please everybody, right? But that's why we kind of narrowed down into those categories of like landmark culture, you know, nature and history so that, you know, you just pick one element from each. It's, I mean, you look at like a big city like Los Angeles, there's no way we could fit everything about the city into, you know, a small, I don't know, 20 by 15 wall. You know? <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Altadena mural a little bit later. But yeah, I just want to mention that you did have a poll on, I think, one of your sites where you had a couple different images per category and you asked people to kind of select their favorite. Is that kind of how you typically do it? We generally just just you know have conversations with people. Everyone from like just walking around to local businesses where the mural is going to be painted, just asking them like, "Hey, what should we paint in here?" You know, and it'll be it's funny because once you propose this question to people, they can never give you an answer right away. They have to like think, <laughs> but then sure enough, when you after you paint it, they have tons of ideas, right? <laughs> Yeah.
one of the great aspects of your approach is how involved you get with the communities. And for example, you bring in local artists to play a role in the development and or painting of the mural. You invite schools or local art groups to visit and have hosted talks about art. Why is it so important to bring in the local artists and connect with children? Yeah, so from the beginning, it's always been like our mission to, you know, not only do we take the feedback from the local community on what to paint, but also involve local artists. And that could be on many different scales. So like uh, anything from like actually like giving one of the letters to a local artist as a canvas to having them help paint the background elements or even like taking, you know, some reference images from local photographers in addition to Lisa's photos. Um, There's many ways someone can help in that sense. And I'd say one of the main reasons too is, is, you know, while we were traveling, uh, a few things actually. So one is the fact that like having a local artist help out and give them a sense of ownership of the piece is always good. Um, They could help us maintain it if anything ever happens while we're gone. There's always going to be someone local to help out with that. Secondly, we get a lot of kind of like follow-up commission requests. So every time like we we paint a mural, like we paint a mural in Seattle and then we get tons of emails of people that see that mural and they're like, hey, we want you to paint this for our business and this and that. And then by that time, we're long gone, right? (laughs) We're to the next city. So I think having a local artist who is definitely very involved in what we did, we love to kind of like pass on some work to them. In the bigger picture too, that's another goal of ours is like some of these cities that we paint in are are fairly small cities that never had any type of public art program. And I think, you know, and we've seen this be successful and and we love it. It's just that it it kickstarts all kinds of mural opportunities for other local artists. So. Art can be a very powerful bridge to bring people together. I think you see that probably with every mural. What I really admire about what you do is that you paint murals in really big cities, like you mentioned the Chicago one that has a population of 2.7 million people. And then small cities like Middleborough, Kentucky, with a population of over 10,000. How do you want your murals to impact the places that they're located? I think the the project itself is is like nationwide. Um, so. We want to encourage people to go to some of these cities and places they wouldn't have otherwise gone to. Like, for example, uh, I don't know, you're doing a road trip to Knoxville, right? And never heard of Middlesbrough. So maybe they, they take a quick detour. Uh, and when they come and look at our piece in general, you know, not only do they like kind of collect these as like modern day postcards with photos, but literally like our pieces are almost like a visual like tour guide of each city we painted. So it's kind of like there's a lot of discoverables. We're like, oh, I didn't know about this and that. And, and we also have blog posts that detail out why we painted you know, certain images in the lettering. And, and it's up to them if they want to do some more local research and activities that are related to that. So I don't think we planned on that, but I think a lot of we've realized over the years that people learned a lot about a city by discovering like certain elements within the piece that they didn't know about, you know, so... <laughs> Your creativity doesn't just include the murals, but it's how you've elevated this art form and come up with new ways for people to interact with your art. One great example of this is that you have a wall of fame, which is people that have visited over 10 murals. And these fans get featured and a special gift from you. This is such a cool way to keep people engaged. Where did this idea come from and how many fans are on the wall of fame? 
Yeah, so this is a concept that we started, I'd say about a little over a year ago. I think that one of the hardest things to prove with investments in something like public art or murals is this, you know, element of like a return on people's investments, right? So it's always been a tough thing for us, right? To prove like, hey, this works, you know, <laughs> it, it gets people to come to places they normally wouldn't go to. And for us, it, it was like a way of collectively just showing, you know, all the people that actually go out of their way to, to come visit some of our mirrors. Like we, we actually, when we were painting the mural here in Altadena, on Altadena Hardware, uh, we met a couple they said they were somewhere in Illinois, rented a car just to drive almost like over a hundred miles to go see our mural in Chicago, <laughs> just for that purpose, you know? So it's very humbling to hear that kind of thing. And, you know, we love it because at the end of the day, like we want to encourage support of the local small businesses around these murals. And really that's the real way to support us, right? If you support the local businesses and people see that this works and it brings in tourism traffic, and that proves the value of public art. So that's kind of our mission. Yeah, yeah you talked about the, the Mount Low uh, mural. How did that kind of come about? We settled here in Pasadena, kind of on the border, Pasadena, Altadena, you know, in the beginning of pandemic. So we thought, as a lot of people did in the beginning of pandemic, it's like, oh, it would be perfect to be an RV and just go live on the road, you know, remotely, <laughs> be away from people. But we quickly found the truth is that, you know, even all the campsites closed at the time, we couldn't even find places to get water. And it was really rough to actually be on the road. And it was also time after five years to settle finally. So we ended up here. Um, and after painting murals for, for kind of countless communities across the country, we finally had a chance to do something in our own community and our own hometown. So, uh, you know, and we, we got a house here. So I was making daily trips to the hardware store and I just noticed <laughs> this like a uh, frame that wall that was like perfect for a mural. Um, and, and there were these other ideas that, that tied to our, you know, the classic postcard style we were known for. But, you know, for a while I, I've had these other ideas uh, of different styles and, and I wanted to do one kind of focus on like the vintage uh, travel posters. And I talked to them and I was like, hey, do you mind if I do something here? And went back and forth. I mean, that process itself actually took a year, but I, I donated the mural, you know, completely out of pocket and, and my time to help create that. And You've seen the entire country almost. Of all the places that you could have lived, you chose Pasadena. So why did you choose us to settle down in? It's a good point because we tell people that all the time, right? It's like we've literally quote unquote, lived everywhere <laughs> in the U.S. And it says a lot that, that we chose here. But we did find ourselves always ending up in SoCal in the winter times, you know, like like true snowbirds would. <laughs> and, you know, we, we love also traveling Route 66. We did it a bunch of times, you know, and obviously that kind of ends going through Pasadena here. So, you know, we, we just decided this is where we want to be. I think there's a lot of part of the reasoning, you know, there's a lot of you know, work opportunities close to LA and we absolutely love it here. I can't, you know, we, we made this choice and definitely don't regret any of it. <laughs> so. We have teased the Altadena mural quite a bit. So I thought we'd, we'd actually talk about it. 
We are recording this on Monday, January 10th. And so yesterday was actually the official close of your Kickstarter campaign for a formal mural in Altadena, aside from the Mount Low one. 20 supporters, you've raised over $5,700, which exceeded your goal. Part of the Kickstarter pitch was a slide deck sharing the project's cost. What really impressed me was your cost transparency, but even more so was the thought that goes into your murals. You have a length and width ratios that you have to hit, and there's careful consideration of the size from a standpoint of interaction and social media. This is your third project in the area. You did a project on the side of Highlight Coffee, which includes a mural, small mural of Pasadena and one of Altadena. Tell me about the Altadena project and why you wanted to do it. While I'm technically a, a resident of Pasadena, I literally live kind of on the border. Um, we found ourselves spending a lot of time in Altadena. All the murals we've done locally, like I said before, we, we've donated and the styles are, are more experimental by nature. And, you know, we really wanted to do one of these official postcard murals that, that of the style we're really known for that draws people. I think truly this could be like our first like official, you know, greetings tour in that classic postcard style mural that we're doing in our hometown since the last one we did in 2014 in Chinatown. <laughs> so it's taken a long time. And I think we're very excited to do this here. We've met a lot of amazing people in the community through the process of getting this wall and just really hyped to just be involved in, in community, our own community once and for all, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was amazing that we reached the goal too. We were a bit worried at one point um, that we wouldn't hit it. And there was like a local dentist's office near the wall that, that contributed to the last moment. And, and helped us reach the goal. But as you mentioned, like we kind of break down all our costs and realistically, you know, it, it may sound like a lot, but if you, you know, just factor in like a, a lift for a day and that, that's easily over a thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> we haven't made a cent off any murals and even this one by the end, all the supplies and equipment and, and you know, paying people to help out, we probably won't be making much either, but it makes us feel good to contribute something to our community. So, How involved do you want your new Pasadena, Altadena community to get with this project? Yeah, so I think I mentioned earlier, uh, or you brought it up, of this new method we're testing out of getting uh, community involvement via the public. Because a lot of times this this stuff also happens behind closed doors with these arts councils and a lot of the public doesn't really have too much say in it. So we did a few things. So we, uh, there was a recent, uh, the chamber, Altadena Chamber did like a sip and shop event, actually in the alley where the Altadena hardware mural is. But they, uh, at the event, they gave us a booth and, and we took uh, votes of what people want to see incorporated into the artwork. So we collected over like, I can't remember the exact number, but it was almost like over 200 something votes of what people want to see. Uh, obviously we, we, you know, Prior to this, got a lot of the general ideas that people kept mentioning, and we kind of gave them choices to pick from. Because you know, if you just open it up, people might be standing there for for way too long trying to think of what to, what to put in the mural. So there, there are some very clear choices which we'll be we'll be kind of sharing on our site eventually once we tally up all these votes. So through that event, we also did another booth at the farmers market. 
during their holiday market recently. And then we also opened it up via like a website voting system too. And we got a ton of votes there. There's a lot I have to actually sort through and count. Uh, and even literally just asking via social media, like Facebook. We even have like a Reddit poll <laughs> going. So, yeah, we, there's definitely some very clear winners, which which we'll be sharing soon. But yeah, that, that, that's a new experiment. And it was a lot of work, but it was very interesting to see the results. So. As we kind of head toward closing the, our conversation, you and Lisa have traveled more through the country in five years than most of us will do in our lifetimes. What has been the biggest surprise during your travels, whether it be people, places, et cetera? Yeah, that's a very tough one to answer because, <laughs> I mean, we discovered all kinds of amazing communities and places that we would have never gone out of our way to go to through this project. One thing out of this whole project, which, which kind of led me to being more involved in the Altadena community is it was like a common theme of a lot of the people we work with. And the fact that they were all very involved in their communities and just able to make change happen locally. Um, and myself coming from a city like New York City, it's like I never even thought in my mind that I could make things happen because of all the bureaucracy of, in, in a city that size. It's like, it's pretty crazy to think, but I, I've seen people like just, you know, be very passionate about their communities and make change. And, and it was very inspiring to us to see that and to apply it to our life now here. Place-wise, I mean, some of my my favorite places to, to paint in probably be in Alaska. <laughs> it was one of our, our dream goals to paint in Alaska and kind of surreal to make it happen. We also got engaged there too, so that's <laughs> another but yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like the U.S. at all. I mean, it's literally <laughs> like so far from the U.S. and the biggest state in the U.S. at the same time, you know? So it feels like uh, if you like nature, I highly recommend Alaska. <laughs> yeah. You've made Pasadena your, your hometown and are now expecting a baby soon. You know, when you think about the next several years, what is the future of Greetings Tour? Yeah, so we're we're expecting a baby boy and, and obviously going to take a little break from, from traveling just to experience parenthood. <laughs> uh, I know you have a couple of your own and, and very excited for all there is to come with that. So, I mean, we do have a few few projects lined up, which we'll be traveling. We actually, speaking of that, probably have to get a passport for the little one because we do have one international project in, in St. Lucia in the next fall. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> I don't know what, what you recommend about that. but That's exciting. But yeah, I mean, we, we uh, what else this year? We have projects in like West Virginia, another one in Ohio. Yeah, what, what's funny also is the fact that when we started this journey in New York, we were like, let's not even worry about the Northeast, right? Because we're, we're around here. We could do this anytime. <laughs> and then sure enough, we moved to the complete opposite end of the country. So like, all the states remaining up there, we eventually have to get to, because that is a goal of ours to eventually do paint in all the states. Um, but it's tough because, you know, like California alone, we might have like, you know, six, seven murals. In that. <laughs> Weather plays a role probably too. You know, you can paint probably any day here in Southern California, where if you're in Massachusetts, you have a 
shorter window or Connecticut or Vermont or someplace like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have uh, that, that's you know going back to the snowbird life. That's what we did. We spent summers up north and then winters down south. So, and if we miss a window where we can't paint, then we have to wait till the next season. So, you've talked about exploring a place for a mural here in Pasadena. Can you talk a little bit about how that's going and what kind of opportunities you see about doing some art projects here? Yeah, I, I think the ultimate goal is to do the official greetings from Pasadena mural. You know, for now, we don't, we have a lot on our plate, of course, for Altadena. And I think that hopefully the Altadena one will serve as a good, you know, proof of concept <laughs> for this Pasadena one. And, you know, our, our, we're really just looking first and foremost for the best location for this piece. Uh, we've been in touch with the city um, through many different organizations to try to find the wall, but Ultimately, I mean, if, if anyone that's listening, maybe a property owner, uh, but yeah, we're looking for an ideal wall space uh, for this mural. So open to taking any suggestions. Last question is, how can people get involved in and support Greetings Tour? Yeah, you, uh, we're probably most active on Instagram, I'd say. So you can follow our journey on, on uh, it's at Greetings Tour is our handle. And I think in the bigger picture, like the best way to support us is is to really support any type of local small businesses that's around our murals, you know, let them know you're there to see the art and you discovered, you know, this business. And, and I think that helps us in the bigger picture. So, Victor, thank you for being such a great part of Pasadena. Uh, thank you for bringing your talent and your vision to our city. And thank you for coming on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. And, you know, we look forward to bring more art to community. Again, my many thanks to Victor for coming on the show. If you're interested in learning more about Greetings Tour, please visit them at greetingstour.com and follow them on all social media platforms. You can check out their murals locally outside Highlight Coffee at 2071 Lincoln Avenue and Altadena Hardware at 849 East Mariposa Street in Altadena. There are many more places to see Victor and Lisa's work close by as they have murals in Santa Monica and four in and around the San Diego area, including Seaport Village, the U.S. Naval Training Station, and Little Saigon. The weather is great and the roads are calling. So start your journey toward becoming a member of the Wall of Fame. And even better, no RV is required. And thank you for listening. This episode is number 22 and the first of 2022. More amazing episodes are in the works, and I have a dream guest list that will keep me busy for months. Please consider supporting the show either through direct sponsorship or Patreon. As important, if you've enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing rating, and reviewing the show. I would love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. You can reach me at james at thecrowncitypodcast.com and follow me on Instagram. Until next time, please remember to stay well, stay engaged, and as always, see you around town.